0: Today we're gonna talk about um, Active Directory on AWS to support your Windows workload. My name is Vinod Matabushi. I'm a Principal Solutions Architect with AWS, and I've been with AWS for over four years, and one of my area of specialization is Microsoft and Active Directory. So today I wanna tell you how to design your Active Directory on AWS. I also have my colleague, Peter. He's a Senior Product Manager for one of our Active Directory service called AWS Managed AD. Um, he's going to come up right after um, you know, I finish my part, and he's going to talk to you about how to integrate Managed AD and AD on EC2 with many, many services. So here's the agenda for today. First, we're going to talk about what are the options for running Active Directory on AWS. Then we're going to go into AWS Managed Microsoft AD uh, briefly. We're, gonna, we're not going to spend a lot of time. We're just going to talk about what it is and some basics of how that service runs. Then we're gonna go into common deployment patterns. So we wanna tell you how customers are deploying Active Directory on AWS. And then we're gonna go into the design. There are many, many applications that support Active Directory and we're gonna group them into different groups and then we're gonna tell you how the Active Directory design works and what are the considerations. We're also gonna touch on single region design versus multi-region design. And we're gonna conclude with a Q&A right after. So I know a lot of you are probably supporting Windows Workload or or looking at deploying Windows Workload, which is why Active Directory is really important to you guys. We have a number of related breakouts. Uh, A lot of these are related to Microsoft workloads. You can see FSx. You can see SQL Server. So if any of this is of interest to you, um, you know, please check it out. And a lot of these sessions are repeated. um, So, you know, there are multiple slots and availability for you to pick from. So, you know, feel free to check it out. All right. Let's quickly start with why customers deploy Active Directory on AWS. What's the primary reason for this? Well, first thing is they wanna support Windows workload on AWS. A lot of you probably has Windows workload, either you're lifting and shifting from your data centers or you're building brand new applications that are running on Windows or .NET or any of those technologies. And most of those technologies require Active Directory. They integrate tightly with Active Directory, and you want to make sure Active Directory is available there and robustly designed so you can support all of your workload in an available and scalable manner. The second thing is integrating with AWS applications and services. AWS has a lot of services that are Windows-related. For example, FSX, RDS for SQL Server, and so on. And they all integrate with Active Directory, um, both managed AD and unmanaged AD. And one of the reasons customers are deploying AD on uh, uh, AWS is to support these AWS services and integrate tightly with it. Lastly, you want to provide low latency to your applications. While it's possible to run Active Directory on-premises and continue to run applications on AWS, it's not the most ideal setup. Because you have to rely on network and there's latency depending on where your data centers are and you know which AWS region you're using, um, it's not the ideal setup to run your application. So you want to have your AD close to where your applications are so you can support them in a manner that you need to. And that's one of the reasons we see customers deploy Active Directory on AWS. Let's look at what are the options for running Active Directory on AWS. Well, broadly speaking, there's two ways to do this. One is what we call self-managed on EC2. The second is AWS Managed Microsoft AD. So on the first option, it's it's basically deploying your own instances or virtual machine, installing the ADDS package, and then promoting that to be a domain controller and managing your own AD domain. The second option is where AWS manages the Active Directory infrastructure and, and a lot of things that go with it, and you're only responsible for managing the Active Directory data. And when we say Active Directory data, these are uh, groups, OUs, group policies, user accounts, service accounts, so on and so forth. Um, So in the second model, you don't have to manage domain controllers. You don't have to patch them. You don't have to make sure it's highly available. AWS takes care of all of that. You just deploy the domain, you you manage the data, and and you support your applications. And we're gonna talk about what are the considerations to choose one over the other. And when we talk about Active Directory design, we're also gonna talk about how each of these options integrate with all AWS applications and services. All right, so why do, how do customers choose between those options? Like the one of the first question you probably have in mind is, when do I choose one over the other? What are some of the requirements I need to think about, right? So we have summarized the top reasons why customers choose one over the other. So let's look at self-managed on EC2 first. Why do customers choose that option? Well, one of the biggest reasons is they want to extend their existing forest or domain to AWS. So you may already be running uh, Active Directory on-premises, so you may have one or more domains in our forest. And for some reason, you want to extend that domain onto AWS and continue to support the applications. If you want to do that, your best choice is to pick AD on EC2 mainly because the AWS Managed AD doesn't support extending your domain. When you deploy an AWS Managed AD, it is going to be a brand-new domain, and it's not going to be the one that you're already running. So if you, if you want to extend that same domain, then your choice would be to pick uh, AD on EC2. The second one is need for domain or admin, enterprise admin privilege. So as you guys know, um, Active Directory has what's called as a domain or enterprise admin credential which is not quite used quite often, but some folks may need to want to have control of that. So when we deploy AWS Managed AD, we give you what's called as a delegated rights or delegated authority. We don't give you the domain or ad- enterprise admin privilege. So if for some reason you absolutely need to have that control, then customers may deploy AD on EC2 just to meet that requirement. Lastly, um, Two things, one is to extend existing users, groups, and OUs. So you guys have made a lot of effort in building your OU structure, deploying group policies, and and, built your Active Directory the way you want. You may not want to redo all the work. If you have a requirement to have all those things exactly the same in AWS, um, then those customers are choosing AD on EC2 because when you deploy a new domain on a managed AD, you have to reset up OUs, you have to reset up group policies, you have to reset up a number of things. Um, Lastly, unified environment between on-premises and AWS cloud. So some customers want to see AWS as an extension of their data center and they want applications and Active Directory to behave the same way irrespective of where it's deployed. for those customers that have this requirement, they, they choose AD on EC2, because it's very easy to extend your domain and everything is already there. And when you deploy your applications, it can reside in your data center, it can reside on AWS, and they act and they function exactly the same. So if you want that unified environment, uh, that, that's the best choice. Let's look at why do customers choose AWS Managed AD? Well, the top reason is, they don't want to manage AD infrastructure. Um, All of you guys are probably very familiar with the amount of work it requires to run the domain controllers, patch them, make sure the replication works, and if it doesn't, spend time to fix it. So some customers just don't want to do that heavy lifting because they don't see the value in it. They want AWS to do that. So those customers are preferring AWS Managed AD uh, because they they don't want to deal with that overhead. Secondly, um, they want to allow delegation to a cloud team that's different from the on-premises Active Directory team. For example, some organizations have a separate team that deploys and manages application on cloud. They want to empower that team by giving them control over the Active Directory, but at the same time, they don't want to give them ability to manage users um, at the enterprise level that are in your current Active Directory. So what uh, these companies are doing is they are allowing this cloud team uh, to deploy AWS managed ad and just have full control of that environment for the purpose of those applications while they keep control of the on premises ad that contains all your uh, you know, user identities um, Third, some customers want to have a delineation they don 't want to have a unified environment where applications and directories are exactly the same in cloud and on premises they want to see this see that as two different things. Um, They want to have the delineation of, uh, in terms of security boundary, in terms of access boundary, in terms of how things are deployed, they really see that as two different things. And so they deploy AWS Managed AD and manage that separately, the data on that separately, and they don't want to mix that with their on-premises and and the AD that's running there. Uh, Lastly, AWS Native Authentication. So our AWS Managed AD is tightly integrated with a lot of AWS services. And some of those have native authentication that you may not be able to get when you're running AD on EC2. Um, Great example here is uh, RDS SQL Server. So RDS for SQL Server supports integrated authentication with AWS Managed AD only if it's AWS Managed AD. It it cannot do integration, native integration with uh, AD on EC2 today. So if you really like that integration and you just don't want to manage all of that separately, then AWS Managed AD is a great option. Now, before we jump into the design, we're gonna take just a few minutes and refresh your memory on what AWS Managed AD is and how it looks inside the box. You're probably familiar with the offering, but we wanna kind of highlight the the top points um, with respect to the service. Well, the first thing is, AWS Managed Microsoft AD is actual Microsoft AD. Today we're deploying 2012 R2, that's the version uh, of the OS that we're deploying. So this isn't an AWS built service, it's it's a Microsoft product that we manage, right? So it's the same AD that you get from Microsoft, whether you deploy it on EC2 or you deploy it in AWS managed AD form. Um, secondly, it's a single tenant service. So what that means is your Active Directory data is yours and it's not co-located with any other customers. So when we deploy domain controllers, those domain controllers are in your account in your VPC and only contain your data. It does not contain any other customer's data. Now, I don't don't want you guys to confuse this with dedicated host EC2 service, which is different, where the hardware is not shared by any other customers. So this is still a shared tenancy when it comes to EC2 itself, but your Active Directory is a single tenant. We automatically deploy two domain controllers by default. So anytime you deploy a directory, we will pick two AZs that you choose, and then we'll deploy a minimum of two domain controllers. Again, this is for high availability reasons, um, so that you know if there's an issue in one AZ, your active directory isn't going down, it's, it's highly available. Um, again, there's no max. So if you really need more than two domain controllers because you're operating in more AZs, or you just have a lot more performance requirement out of the AD, you can deploy as many domain controllers as you want in addition. Um, I briefly talked about delegated authority. So what we give you is an admin account, which has control over managing your entire data. So you can create OUs, you can create group policies, you can manage groups, users, all of this with that delegated admin credential, or you can further delegate groups or or users to have the equal or lower rights to perform the day-to-day operations. so it supports standard ad management tool so you don't need anything special. the basic adUC and the group policy management console all of those works with AWS managed ad so if you're used to managing ad that way, it works exactly the same. The AWS managed ad runs on AWS managed infrastructure so think of this as ec two instances that you're able to deploy um, that runs managed ad so it basically Automatically includes availability because we deploy in more than one AZ, and we automatically patch it for you on the monthly cycle when Microsoft releases, uh, you know, security patches, and we automatically, you know, take snapshot of your directory nightly. So if there is an issue or somebody deleted your directory accidentally or whatever, you can go back and restore it, um, or even object corruption, you can go back and restore it. So we do the auto backup for you. Um, Lastly, I talked about uh, seamless integration, right? So the the key things here are the SSO and RDS. Those two are the big things that you're going to see how integrating with SSO can, you know, allow you to integrate with a whole number of other services. All right. Let's look at what are the common deployment patterns. Again, AD has been around for a you know, really, really long time. There's so many ways you can architect and deploy AD. So we're not gonna go, we're not gonna go into every way you can deploy an AD. Uh, we see three patterns as the most common pattern that we see customers deploy. And we're just gonna focus on three, three patterns and tell you why customers are deploying that and what are the, you know, the differences when you deploy one way or another. So let's start with the first one. This is where you're extending your existing AD um, to AWS on EC2. So how would this architecture look like? Well, first, let's start with your on-premises. Because you're extending your AD, there's an assumption that you guys have AD running somewhere in your data centers. So uh, that's where we start with. Um, So because you're managing AD on your own, what you do in an AWS region is you deploy EC2 instances, and you install the ADDS package, and you promote that to be a domain controller of your existing domain. So if you notice the domain name, it's, it's the exact same thing as what you're running on-prem. Um, and these domain controllers, when you, uh, you know, spin it up, they will replicate in the first time and an ongoing basis with your on-premises AD. Of course, you need some sort of connectivity, right? You need network connectivity so the domain controllers can talk to each other. Um, and this is where you, know, you can have a direct connect or a VPN or whatever solution you have. Uh, you know, just make sure they're highly available. Uh, make sure that uh, that network piece is designed well, but you have some sort of network between the two, right? What if you operate in more than one region? Well, you simply deploy more domain controllers in the other regions and you do exactly the same things. So you replicate the AD, from on-premises or even with one region's AD to the other region. Now, our recommendation is to run Active Directory in every region you have Microsoft workloads in, again, for the low latency that we talked about earlier. right? So if you're operating in five regions, you should have at least two domain controllers in each of the five regions. Um, The number of domain controllers, more than two is, is up to you. It depends on your performance, load, all those requirements, but we recommend at least two. So the second common pattern we see is people deploying AWS Managed AD as a resource domain. So a resource domain is one where um, the domain contains only computer objects and service objects, but it has some sort of trust with another domain that contains your user user credential, right? Again, let's take the same example. You have on-premises and you you have your domain running there. Um, Instead of running AD on EC2, we're gonna deploy an AWS Managed AD in this case. Now notice how those icons are kind of in the middle of the two AZs. It's because when you deploy the service, it's automatically in two AZs at a minimum. Now the difference here is, you're not going to have an AD replication because this domain is not the same as the one you have on premises. Again, if you notice the domain name, this is company.local, but the other one is na.company.local. So essentially, it's a brand new domain slash forest, so you have a trust back to your on-premises. It can be a one-way trust or a two-way trust, but in, in resource domain, uh, we always default to one-way trust because that, that's the concept of resource domain. Again, you need some sort of connectivity, right? Because when uh, you know folks log into a EC2 instance and authenticate with a username that's in your on-premises, Uh, you need that authentication traffic to flow over and you have some sort of highly available network connectivity. Now, what happens when you deploy in more than one region? Well, you end up with a different forest or domain in the second region. So, notice how the region one has na.company.local. That's your AD domain or managed AD domain in region one. And your second one is eu.company.local. Now, again, the same concept applies. You establish another one-way trust back to your on-premises. So essentially, in this model, customers are deploying Windows workload in each of these regions, and they're using the Active Directory that are in each of the regions with the trust only in place for things like logging in and performing admin functions with user accounts living on-premises, right? That's really what trust is used for because your user accounts are still, you know, living uh, uh, on your on-premises AD. You're not really replicating those. So the last way we see customers deploying managed AD is just standalone. They don't have an on-premises or they don't want to connect any of this to their on-premises AD. And in that case, what they do is they, you know, they go into a region and they deploy managed AD and they just use the domain for supporting all the Windows workload. What do you do if you have more than one region? Well, exactly the same thing. You deploy the managed AD again, but except in this case, it's gonna be a different domain. Optionally, you can have a one-way trust if you want. Um, Again, you need some sort of network connectivity. VPC peering is a great way to do that, inter-region VPC peering. Um, So that's that's basically how customers are using managed AD in a standalone model where they don't want anything to do with their on-premises. Now, before we go into Active Directory design, I want to talk a little bit about account structure because that plays into how you deploy uh, your Active Directory and how you design them. How many of you are familiar with landing zone or control tower from AWS? Anybody familiar with it? Okay, so about third of the room. So the landing zone and control tower, what it allows you to do is allows you to create an AWS account structure so you can easily expand and delegate the right things to the right team without worrying about giving too much access to one team in a given account. So for example, In this structure, we have an AWS master uh, account, which is the master of the organizations, uh, which is also, uh, you know, potentially a billing account because that's the organization master but we show you a number of accounts underneath it right for example you can see a log archive account you can see a security account so essentially security team will have all their security tools in their own account and they control that account they limit access to all the security folks who who want and they don't need to uh, you know get access to other applications you know uh, account where the applications are uh, and that's where they run their tools. Similarly, we have a concept of log archive account where all the logging like CloudTrail, VPC flow logs, so on and so forth from all your accounts get consolidated in one place. And then the security team can do something with it or anybody else who need access to logging can, can get read-only access to it, right? So we have this concept of separating out roles and responsibility into each, its own account. So it's easier to manage, easier to delegate rights and work with minimal permissions. Now, similarly, you see that we have a shared services or an AD account. So we recommend running Active Directory in one of these accounts. So when I say shared services, it could be multiple things infrastructure team is running, AD is one of them, or you can run your own account and just do only AD, right? Again, the reason behind it is to contain who have access to it, and it's just much easier to manage. Rather than putting AD in each of the app accounts, then you're just fighting with you know, the other teams on how do I get access, how do I make sure I have enough access, and other people don't have access to AD, and, and so on and so forth. So generally, you know, just, just at a high level, we have accounts that run application, we have AD that runs only AD. Of course, there's some sort of network connectivity that happens between the VPCs for that AD to work, but just uh, think about this at the high level. All right, let's look at the Active Directory design here. Well, there's a lot of services that integrate with Active Directory. We have grouped these into different categories because they all connect with AD or integrate with AD in a slightly different fashion. Again, depending on how you run your AD. AWS Managed AD integrates with things slightly differently than AD on EC2. So we've grouped these things. Now, I'm gonna talk about first Amazon EC2. So how does Active Directory design work for if you're running applications on EC2, right? And then uh, my colleague Peter is gonna talk about how AD is gonna integrate with all these other groups of applications. All right, so let's, le- let's expand on what we have already done so far. So first let's talk about AD on EC2. So if you're running your own AD on EC2 and you need to support applications that are running on EC2, how does the Active Directory design work like? So we already talked about your domain being on-premises. You have some sort of network connectivity and you have domain controllers deployed in multiple AZ that's replicating. Now let's talk about uh, where your application actually lives. So if you notice the account, your AD runs in an AD AWS account but your application account is different from it. So because there are two different accounts, you potentially may have VPCs where applications are running and you have a separate VPC where Active Directory is running. So in this case, you basically have some sort of network connectivity between these VPCs Again, depending on how many VPCs, if it's you know if it's 100 VPCs, transit gateway is a great option. If it's two VPCs, VPC pairing will ju- just do fine. So you know network connectivity is up to you, however you choose it. But the application runs its own VPCs in a different account, and you have those VPCs connected to the AD VPC, and this is how all the applications are going to access your uh, Active Directory, right? Um, Again, this is in a single region, right? We're still talking about one region. So in each region, you have domain controllers and they're gonna peer with all the VPCs in that particular region. Now, we have AD Connector there. What is that doing? Why do we need that? Well, AD Connector is required for what we call seamless domain join. So seamless domain join is a feature where when you launch EC2 instances, you can automatically make it a part of the domain as a domain member, rather than logging into that instance after the instance was launched and adding it to the domain. Now, because you're running AD on EC2, you need what's called as an AD connector to make that seamless domain join work. AD connector is nothing but a proxy. So it doesn't contain your directory information. It doesn't store your directory information. It's basically a proxy that proxies traffic from the domain members to your active directory to make this seamless domain join work. So once you have deployed an AD connector in a VPC, you see uh, those network interfaces in the VPC. And then when you deploy the EC2 instances, you'll automatically be able to see that directory, which is on the left in each of the VPCs that are in completely different account. um, And you should be able to use that to do the seamless domain join how does the multi-region work? Let's say you're doing this and you need to be in more than one region. How does that work? Well, it's exact same thing. You're just doing the same things in another region, right? Nothing has really changed in terms of concept. So on the left, you have your region one. You have domain controllers there. You have VPCs that are dedicated for accounts. And then on the right, you have uh, another region, another set of domain controllers another set of uh, you know, VPCs that contain application, and all of them are replicating essentially in a mesh, mesh fashion to your on-premises. Again, it doesn't have to be a full mesh. It's up to you on how you want the replication to work, but essentially you're going to have at least one set of domain controllers replicate with on-prem, right? Um, and between the Active Directory VPCs, again, VPC peering works great because you have limited number of VPCs and you just want the, you know, the domain controllers to, to, to talk to each other. Uh, Same concept with AD Connector. You need AD Connector in each of the VPCs you have application in, and those uh, AD Connector will allow you to do seamless domain join. So with respect to EC2, AD Connector only is required for seamless domain join and nothing else. Let's jump into managed AD. How does that work? If I'm using managed AD instead of AD on EC2? The overall concept is similar. You still have on-premises, but instead of replication, you have a trust like we talked about, um, and it's a resource domain model. So you have deployed your uh, AD in the region. On the right, you see that nothing has really changed in terms of how application VPCs work and how they are peered together and how the directory is used. The only big, big difference you see here is you no longer need AD connector, right? you need what's called as a shared uh, AWS managed AD. It's, it's basically not a directory. Again, it doesn't contain directory objects. You're basically sharing it so that the other AWS account is aware of this directory being there and it'll allow you to seamlessly domain join it without any other resources running in that account. Again, it, it's only required for seamless domain join when we talk about uh, supporting your applications on, on EC2. Let's quickly look at how does multi-regional design work uh, in the same fashion. Again, nothing has really changed. We have just duplicated what we designed in one region into second region or third region or so on and so forth. Um, just to quickly recap, you have two uh, uh, AWS managed Microsoft ADs, uh, one NA and one EU. Again, each of them have a trust back to your on-premises. Um, you have your VPCs that are uh, peered or transit gateway connected, with, connected to your managed AD VPC. Um, and then you share the directory regionally, right? So the, the directory can only be shared regionally. So when you have the directory in VPC1, that can only be used by all the, you know, the members in that same VPC. Again, you don't want to cross the, the, the region boundary here because of uh, you know, latency reasons, right? All right, um, I'm gonna invite Peter to come on stage and, and talk about how uh, Active Directory works with these other groups of applications. Peter?
1: On? Uh, okay, awesome, thank you so much. So I'm Peter Pereira. I'm a Senior Product Manager in the AWS Directory Service Team. I'm working in the team for about three years and a half. I'm very excited to be here today, this morning. Thank you so much to be so early. Uh, I really appreciate you being here today. So I'm going to talk today about how to architect AD with multiple AWS services. As Vinod was mentioning, we have so many services that you can support with Active Directory in AWS. And I'm going to... Uh, of these three last groups, uh, groups of Amazon RDS and FSX for Windows File Server. Another group is uh, AWS Single Sign-On. And the last group, all the other applications that you can deploy with Active Directory. So let me expand a little bit more on Amazon RDS and Amazon FSX first. Uh, We have actually very exciting news. Just in the last month, AWS enabled two new services to integrate uh, with Windows Authentication with Active Directory. Those two new serv- two services that are integrated now are Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL and Amazon RDS for Oracle. Who here is aware of this uh, news that uh, I just mentioned now? Oh, just one. So that's, that's good. So that's good news for you. If you're looking at deploying D workloads in AWS, uh, that's good news for you. Uh, Amazon uh, RDS for SQL Server and FSX for Windows File Server, they have been enabled already for a while. Uh, Before jumping to the architecture of these services, let me talk a little bit about my job. So the best part of my job is actually speaking to customers from all over the world to understand their use cases, challenges, requirements, needs, expectations. So when I learn this from customers, I work with my engineering team to come up and to build solutions to solve those problems. And it's very exciting when I have the opportunity to launch something new that meets the customer expectation. This is a very passionate uh, part that I have on my job. Uh, When I talk to customers, I learn many things. I learn unique things from each customer, from their use case. But I also learn many common things that most customers are looking for. Of those uh, things that all customers are looking for, uh, when they deploy a D in AWS, they look for seamless integration with Active Directory. So how can I enable my users using their Active Directory credentials to seamlessly access and manage workloads in AWS? The second thing that customers are looking for is to reduce the management overhead. Customers, they have to manage everything on-premises today. When they move to the cloud, they want to make this process way easier. How can I reduce that management that I have uh, currently? The third reason why customers are looking for deploy ID in AWS is to deploy workloads faster. How can I leverage AWS capabilities to deploy my existing workloads, to migrate workloads, and to deploy new workloads even faster than I'm doing today? And usually, customers can accomplish that by using the uh, APIs and also cloud formation templates that helps them to deploy workloads faster in an automated fashion customers are also looking for services that are highly available so aws provides multiple ways to uh, for customers to run their services in a highly available environment for example uh, <laughs> running workloads across multiple availability zones and also customers are very concerned about security And AWS provides the secure way for you to deploy all the AD-aware workloads in AWS. So now with this in mind, with these goals, uh, let's jump the best way to address those needs that every customer wants is about is uh, using AWS managed Services and AWS Applications. Now let's see how to architect AD with those services. Um, This design now is how to integrate Active Directory with Amazon RDS and FSx using managed AD. That's the first design. For each group of use cases, i gonna do the managed AD and the running in EC2. Both use cases, so you can make the best decision for your environment. For this one, uh, as Vinod was mentioning, we're using the landing zone model. AD is deployed in a central account. We also call this a shared service account, and the workloads will be deployed in the applications account. But now, in this use case, I'm using managed AD as a resource domain. So, but I want to use my uh, credentials from my on-premises domain to access RDS and access FSX in AWS. The way to make this connection between your on-premises and, and your uh, managed data in AWS is by creating a trust. Let me explain a little bit on the trust model. So AWS supports multiple trust models. One trust model is the forest level. So when you have a forest level trust, you have access all the trust from your own premises all the domains from your on-premises have access to uh, AWS environment. The second trust model that we support is external domain trust model. So then you target the trust to just a specific domain. ManageDD action is very flexible and enables you to combine multiple trust models and you can create multiple trusts to multiple domains or multiple forces on your on-premise environment. It's a very flexible model. And just highlighting here, uh, there is a model actually can deploy all of these workloads without no on-premise domain. Uh, Managed that you can act as a standalone director in the cloud. But going back to your original use case, having on-premises. The other comment and consideration about the trust in this use case for IDS and FSX, you deploy in terms of trust direction, you deploy a one-way trust. A one-way trust enables you from your on-premises domain have access to managed resources in the cloud and not the opposite way. There's no way for AWS to have any type of access to your on-premises domains due to the security that's part of the uh, native Active Directory Trust. Uh, with this uh, comments now on the trust, let's move to how can, how can I make my managed idea available as Rinaldo was mentioning to multiple uh, accounts. The way you do this is by sharing the directory from the shared service account to your uh, application's account. Let me just make a comment here. When you share the directory, you have two models. The two models are first, AWS organization model. When you use the AWS organization model, you're working with accounts that are trusted within a single organization. So when you share the directory from account A to account B, the directory becomes automatically available immediately to that account B. The second model, let's say that you may not be using AWS organization, and you want to share the directory with another account, is uh, we call the directory, ser- directory service handshake model. In this model, when you share the directory from account A to account B, the account B must accept that sharing. Once they as- accept the sharing, then the handshake is complete, and you can use the directory in-, in the shared account. So those models are available for managed AD. Once you have the directory sharing in place and you have the network connectivity, then you can now uh, deploy Amazon RDS and FSX for Windows File Server. Note that all the deployments that I have mentioned here right now, you can use APIs and automate these deployments to make it even easier and faster for you to deploy Windows workloads in AWS. Cool. Let's move to the next use case. Oh, sorry. Wrong button. the next use case is about integrating Amazon RDS and FSx using EC2 deployed in EC, in AD deployed in EC2 instances. In this model, you replicate AD and EC2 with your domain on-premises, and there is a very important consideration here. This model of running EC2 uh, with your AD doesn't support none of the Amazon RDS services. Okay, this is a very important note for you to have in consideration when you design and architect and use managed services in the device. Uh, in this model, you support only the FSx for Windows File Server, which enables you to connect directly to your self-managed AD in EC2 instances. When you deploy Amazon FSx, you just uh, you, you, uh, make a few inputs, for example, the domain name, a service account, and a password to connect to your existing domain. Okay, so let's now jump to another very interesting use case. Uh, how many of you is fami- are familiar with uh, AWS Single Sign-On? Oh, cool. So, AWS Single Sign-On enables customers to simply and centrally manage access to multiple AWS accounts from a single place, along with access to business applications such as Salesforce, Office 365, and customized same applications. And now very recently, like about two or three days ago, uh, AWS Single Sign On also enabled, enabled customers to access AWS applications. The first two AWS applications that, Amazon, uh, that AWS Single Sign On is supporting are Amazon SageMaker Studio, which is the first fully integrated development tool for machine learning that was just announced yesterday in Andy Keynote, and the AWS IoT SiteWise, AWS IoT SiteWise is a fully managed tool that helps customers to monitor, collect data from industrial equipments at scale. Those services now, they're available within a single portal in your AWS Single Sign-On product. Okay, now let's see how to architect AWS Single Sign-On in AWS. Um, in this model here, uh, consideration, we're using again, the on-premises domain. I want to have access from my on-premises domain to AWS single sign-on in the cloud in any of the three use cases, or AWS applications that I, which I just announced, access to the management console, or third party or business applications. Because you want to use on-premises, again, uh, AWS Managed ID supports the trust. Same thing as RDS uh, for SQL Server, we support the multi- multiple trust uh, types. There's one difference here Uh, is in the two-way trust. The trust direction for AWS Single Sign-On requires a two-way trust. Why it requires a two-way trust? Because AWS needs uh, read and search permission to your on-premises domain, so we can provision the users to AWS Single Sign-On. For example, I'm Peter, and uh, let's say my user's residing on my on-premises domain, and from SSO, I want to say, hey, user Peter has access to account A and B into applications C and D. So this process of mapping, we, cre- we call these permission sets. These permission sets of mapping, they require you to uh, AWS to have visibility to your on-premises. But this is only read permission. There's no other permission required by AWS. So this is why it's a very um, secure environment. You can also improve the security of your trust by using selective authentication and seed history filtering. Uh, one more good news that we just announced last week: uh, AWS Managed ID now supports LDAP secure LDAP. What happens is when AWS Single Sign-On will search a user on your on-premises, we use an LDAP client, and now this client you can enable LDAPs in easily in two steps. First, you upload the certificates to AWS Managed uh, Microsoft ID certificates from your uh, existing on-premises infrastructure. And the second step, you enable LDAP When you enable LDAP all the LDAP traffic will be encrypted between AWS and your on-premises ID. So that increases the security of communication of your uh, AWS single sign-on uh, search to your on-prem. Once you have this set up, now it's just easily you go to AWS single sign-on, connect to managed ID, and start provisioning users to your applications and multiple accounts. One important consideration here. Uh, In this environment, AWS Single Sign-On is currently, um, the setup is done in the organization's master account. It's very integrated with AWS organizations. And then the managed ID directory must be deployed in the AWS organization account as well. Cool. Uh, Now let's talk about how to use AWS Single Sign-On with Amazon in EC2 instances. As we know, there's no need of a trust because your AD is deployed in EC2 instances. You need just an uh, AD connector. As Vinod was mentioning, AD connector is a proxy for Active Directory requests. Uh, Just uh, be mindful that AD connector supports a single domain only. So if you have multiple domains on-premises, that wouldn't be a solution to you currently. When you deploy AD connector, to access to uh, your on-premises ID, you're now available to SSO to provision the users to your multiple AWS accounts, to your business applications, and then AWS applications as well. Now, let me give a pause here. Uh, We just presented for AWS Single Sign-On two ways to connect to Active Directory. Last week, we announced a third way to connect to Active Directory not necessarily directed to our on-premise environment. We enable, cust- enable customers to use Azure AD as an external identity provider. So you can connect AWS Single Sign-On directly with Azure AD and synchronize and provision users to AWS Single Sign-On. Who was aware of this uh, before this meeting today? Oh, cool. So uh, that's a very interesting uh, capability as well. As you see, AWS provides multiple watch- options for you to deploy AD Uh, with AWS services. Again, with Managed AD, AD Connector, and also now with Azure AD. Okay, so now let's jump to the last uh, group of use cases for all the other AWS applications that we support. Uh, Let me just give a a, a little brief uh, overview of those services that we support. First is Amazon Workspaces, which is a fully managed desktop service in AWS. Amazon AppStream uh, that enables customers to AppStream specific applications to their uh, desktops. Amazon WorkDocs, which is a, a managed service that enables customers to create secure and collaborate content in AWS. Amazon QuickSight, which is a fully managed service for business intelligence and analytics applications. Amazon Chime, if you have joined a meeting with AWS in the past, it's likely that you have used a Chime Uh, application, basically enables customers to uh, do conference calls, video conference, and group chatting. Uh, Amazon WorkMail, which is a fully email service in AWS. Amazon Connect, which is a fully uh, managed service that enables customers with omnichannel managed by AWS, including voice and chat that was recently announced a few weeks ago, the chat capability. And also the client VPN that enables customers to connect to AWS VPC using a VPN connection and providing AD credentials. So to architect this environment is very, very similar to AWS single sign-on. It also requires a 2 trust back to your on-premise environment. The LDAP S, the secure LDAP capability is also available for this use case as well. Uh, the only difference here is that on the right side, you will see most aff- applications that I mentioned they are vpc agnostic so you don't have to deploy them in any vpc except for amazon workspaces which the desktop instances are deploying in specific vpcs in this example i have a d connector the only reason why a d connector is there it is because i'm deploying this in two separate vpcs for the workspace instance to connect manage the AD in the vpc1 we use the d connector if a workspace is deployed in the same VPC, there's no need of any connector in this use case. OK, so uh, the last design here is about deploying all these services using Amazon uh, AD in EC2 instances. In this use case, uh, it's also uh, a similar uh, deployment. The main difference is that you need a connector for all the use cases. Why? Because those cloud-native applications, they don't talk to AD directly. They need AD connector to proxy the AD requests to your, uh, man, to your self-managed AD. So in this one, now we we cover like all the multiple use cases that can use AD and AWS. So this helps customers to make it easier for them to deploy Windows Workloads, to migrate from on-premises, and helps customers to access AWS services seamlessly with their AD credentials. So I am very excited to uh, be here today, so thank you so much for your participation. I uh, Hope you have enjoyed this session to learn more about how to deploy these workloads. It was helpful to you. And uh, please uh, complete the survey. Uh, there's an app that helps us to understand what went well, what we need to improve. And also please, we're gonna be, Vinod and I will be off stage page to answer any questions that you might have. We're gonna be right in the back so the next group can uh, set up their presentation uh, uh, right after us. So thank you so much, really appreciate it.